Hello, my name is Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. My prayer for you is that this message would be meaningful to you, that it would challenge you, and that it would help you move forward in your faith. To be a part of all that we get to do here at Redefined Church, visit us online at churchredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. Hello, thanks so much for being here today. Welcome to a new series. We're in October. It's fall. The weather is amazing outside stepping into a season or a series throughout the month of October called Dismayed and Afraid. In this first week, week one, we're talking about fear for your health, fear for your health. And this is really your part in overcoming the unwelcome in your life, right? Nobody wants a health scare. Nobody wants to go down that road. And so our series uh, scripture, our cornerstone scripture is Isaiah 41.10. And it'd be good for you to go all the way from verse 10 through 20. I'm going to go and stay right here in verse 10 today. Do not fear anything, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Be assured I will help you. I will certainly take hold of you with my righteous hand, a hand of justice, a hand of power, and a victory, my hand of salvation. When you look and think about uh, dismayed and afraid or being um, fearful or being dismayed, when you look at fear, you see that it's an unpleasant Emotion. Fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat to you. It's a feeling of anxiety concerning the outcome or um, the safety of something or someone. It's, it's, it's our well-being, right? We, we're in fear of our well-being. It's the likelihood of something unwelcoming happening to you. That's fear. My question today about this is, has anyone or anything ever made you feel fearful? Yes or no? If so, who? Who? Now we drive a lot of a lot of it because eighty percent of our self-talk is negative. When you look at dismay, dismay is uh, consternation and distress, typically caused by something unexpected. Typically caused by something unexpected, or to lose courage or resolution because of alarm or fear. Has anyone ever made you feel, or anything ever made you feel dismayed? And again, who is that? Identify that person. Now, anything that causes you to sense fear, to sense dismay, terror, fright, panic, anxiety, worry, angst, anyone or anything that has ever caused you to be uneasy or panicked is not from God. Matter of fact, it's the the absolute opposite. It's evil. At its core, it's evil. And anything that causes fear and dismay to you is a tactic used for control for a desired outcome that has nothing to do with you personally, but it needs your cooperation to be completed. You need to be fearful for this to run its course. You need to be in dismay for this to continue, right? How do we get in this position, this position today? We put human beings in the seat of God, and so we become fearful of men. We become fearful of a thing, of a virus. We've become fearful and we are dismayed And we're now uncertain because we put our hope and our trust and our faith in human beings. Proverbs 29, 25 says, Fear of man will prove to be a trap, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be kept safe. Your health will be in good hands. I need the Lord to talk to me like the CEV version. It says, Don't fall into the trap of being a coward. Trust the Lord and you will be safe. Being a coward, going along to get along. Don't fall into the trap of saying yes and constantly moving your faith and your values and what you believe and how you stand 
Do not fall into the trap of constantly going a little bit forward and losing yourself to something or someone. Don't fall in the trap of being a coward. Trust the Lord, stand firm, and you will be safe. Your health will be in good hands. The Good News Translation is what I grew up reading. This verse changed my life. It's dangerous to be concerned with what others think of you. But if you trust the Lord, you are safe. Today, today, you need to identify who or what is causing the fear and the dismay in your life because it's greatly affecting your health. The next thing you do is disconnect from them or it immediately because anyone or anything who is causing that fear and dismay in your life is not your friend and it's not a good follow on social media. So do not, do not, do not stay connected to something that is going to bring this much trouble to your life. If it's you that's creating the fear and dismay, then you must get connected to your source. You must find that you must get back to that certain hope, that faith that you have in God, your creator, Jesus, your savior, and the spirit walk in the power and the authority that God has given you through the Holy Spirit, right? Because the word we have from God, the word that we believe as believers is this, do not fear anything for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Be assured. I will help you. I will certainly take hold of you with my righteous hand, a hand of justice, a hand of power, of victory, and of salvation. So then, when it comes to your health and the fear for your health, what is your part? Because we know our part when it comes to a health scare. We know our part when something's not right in us, right? Have you ever had a health scare? I mean one that really gets your attention. One that really gets your attention. You get right real quick when you have a health scare. You quickly align your priorities, right? You count your blessings. You talk to your loved ones in order of how you love them, right? You contact those closest to you. You get everything in order. Man, if that would have happened, and you count your blessings. And we all know that a health scare unaddressed becomes a threat to your life. It takes you to the doctor, to the emergency room. You get this diagnosis. You get something that says, hey, if you don't fix this, if you don't adjust this, if you don't start doing this, if you don't stop doing that, your days are numbered, right? It gets our attention. And the moment that the threat becomes real to us, we become really intentional, right? What am I eating? We start asking, what am I eating? When am I exercising? What's my nutrition look like? Am I sleeping enough? How much screen time? Am I, am I really sitting in front of my screen seven hours a day? Am I really doing that? Do I drink enough water? I, got, I know people who don't even drink water, period, right? Am I taking the right supplements? Am I taking a multivitamin, right? What does exercise really look like, which is just movement? What does movement look like to me? And when it comes to your personal health, you must be proactive. Every decision you make is about your future. Every decision you make is about your future. We'll talk later about that. You don't sit in and feel sorry for yourself when you have a health scare, right? You don't sit there and go, well, man, I hope that changes. Could you give me another Diet Coke, please? Man, I hope that changes. How about an extra large order of fries? Okay. Man, I hope that changes. Man, let's, how can I just continue to kill my cholesterol? You don't do that, right? Change comes with effort, and it comes with effort from you. So what's the biggest threat to your personal health today, to your health today? Do you really believe that the greatest threat to your health is a virus? Yes or no? Can you control that? Even though we might want to, can you control that? 
Are you being proactive in it or are you being reactive to it? Are you addressing your weaknesses? Man, I know, I know that I could get more vitamin C and vitamin D. I know that those really help in this case. I know I could and should be taking a multivitamin. I know I could drink more water. I know I could keep my system flushed, right? I know I could do all those things. Are you being proactive? Are you addressing your weaknesses? The things that you know that you can fix and help right now? Are you wanting to get it? Nobody wants to get it, right? Or are you paralyzed by what if it happens? Oh, what if it happens? So because I don't know and because I'm afraid, I just stick, stay, just stay, stay, don't move, don't move. Don't turn on the TV. That would be, that would be dumb, okay? In all of it, in all of it, we're talking about this. Did one a day, they're not paying me, did one a day stop making the multivitamin? Are we at a shortage of vitamin C and, and vitamin D right now? Is there a line at the gym for the treadmill to get on the treadmill? And it's like, I can't go there. And, and if I were, I got to stand six feet back from that person outside. But in, in, when you go inside, you know, we're going to cram you to the floor. If you've been to the airport lately, it's ridiculous. We want to do all of these things outside in the airport to show you that everybody is distanced. But the moment you walk in that hallway, you're like, you're, you're in a sneaking sardine can, right? You know, none of it makes any sense. And so then, does fear keep you from exercising? Does fear make you eat for comfort? Does your current mindset keep you from consuming and doing what is needed for God to sustain you? We're talking water, food, vitamins, movement, etc. Fixing or attacking your weaknesses so you can be made strong. Does anything that is happening right now force you to make poor health decisions? Does anything happening right now in your life force you to make poor health decisions? If so, who's creating that? Who's creating that? And who's making the choice? More importantly, where is your focus? Your focus is either fear or faith. You know, you've heard that for the last three years almost, since 2019. Dismay or comfort? Is your focus above or below? Are we focused on heaven or on earth? Are we focused on what if, or are we focused on hope? Do we have hope? Do we believe hope? Do we, do we believe that God is still a God of today and tomorrow? Or is God, in your opinion, a has-been? If God, in your opinion, is a has-been, it's going to be hard for you to believe He can work in your behalf right now or tomorrow. So then stop hoping on nothing and hope on Him. Stop believing in what-ifs and hope on Jesus, right? Matthew 6, 26 says, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow, sow seed nor reap the harvest, nor gather the crops into the barn, and yet your heavenly Father keeps feeding them. Are you not worth so much more than they are? Another question I have for you is, do you believe your body is a temple? Many people struggle with this idea. Do you believe your body is a temple? This is probably the, the staple today if we're talking about our health. It's believing that your body is a temple. 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20. From the ESV, it says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You have from God. You are not your own. Come on, somebody. For you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. Now, we know that we constantly are at war with our flesh and with our feelings. It's a constant tug, right? It's a battle. It's why we must live balanced lives. But we must grasp that poor choices lead to poor health and an even worse quality of life, right? But it's your choice. 
That's an unmanipulated, commercial-free, it's your choice. I think every third commercial right now is something to tell you to go do something. It's your choice. Make the right choice. This is not that. Your life is the fruit of what you do. You are the fruit of who you are. It is your choice because God gave you that choice. God gave you the power of choice. If he didn't, you'd be a robot. We'd all be robots. And, and it would just work perfect and harmoniously. But he gave you the power of choice. Not for a commercial to tell you it's your choice. Make the right choice. Not for that. It's not for that. It's your choice because we believe in freedom in Christ. Freedom from everything. Right? And so then, it's unmanipulated freedom and it's an unmanipulated choice. It comes with no direction but you choose. You choose. And if we really want you to choose, then we're going to let you choose because you get to choose. Because, well, you get to choose. So then the good news is this. We know that we've overcome because what John 1.14 reminds us of, Jesus became flesh and he dwelt among us. Today, if you believe, he dwells in you. So then flesh is not bad. Flesh, our flesh, and battling our feelings and, our, and all the things that happen with our flesh, that's not bad. Losing control of our flesh is. If Jesus can be flesh and still be good, then so can you, because if you believe, he is in you. So then, we should keep our minds and our hearts and our spirit set on things above. Above. Heavenly things. Colossians 3.2 says, set your mind and keep focused habitually. I love that. Create good habits in your life. Create good habits. Habitually. What's that mean? Regularly, continually, consistently. Set your mind and keep your focus habitually on things above the heavenly things, not on the things that are on the earth, which have no temporal value, right? Oh, sorry. Which only have temporal value. What do you mean? They only have temporary value. Set your mind on things above that last forever, not on things on the earth, which are temporary. You're going to sell that Stingray Corvette, okay? It just is. Because when we focus on what surrounds us and we give into our physical desires, it greatly affects our health. It greatly affects our health, which means this is about more than a virus. Everybody wants to point back to the virus right now. Keep coming back to it. Your health is about more than that. So get the blinders off and open up. This is about more than that. Colossians 3, 5 says, put to death and deprive the, uh, put to death and deprive uh, of, Deprive yourself of power, the evil longings of your earthly body with its sensual and self-centered instincts, immorality, impurity, sinful passion, evil desire, and greed, which is a kind of idolatry because it replaces your devotion to God. What? Yeah, when you focus on those things, they replace your heart for God. They replace your devotion to God. And so then put them to death, put them away. What am I saying? The virus aside, because of earthly desires, because of agendas and poor decisions, people are dying at a rapid rate. People are dying at a rapid rate. Colossians 3, 6, 8, and 10 say this. Because of these sinful things, the, design, the divine wrath of God is coming on the sons of disobedience. What? Those who fail to listen and who routinely and obstinately disregard God's precepts. That's what disobedience is. The wrath of God is coming on those. 
Remember, don't be a coward and go with the flow. Trust in the Lord and you will be safe. You're going to be in good hands. You will be in good health. Eight, rid yourselves now. I love how the Amplified capitalizes now. Completely, now, completely, of all things that are sin in your life, like anger, rage, malice, slander, obscene, abusive, filthy, vulgar language, get all that stuff out of you and put on the new, your new spiritual self who is continually renewed in true knowledge, the truth, and in the image of he who created you, the image of your new self, which is the image of Jesus. Because we as a people, shifting gears, because we as a people, how we put our faith and our hope and our trust in human beings to solve our problems, we find ourselves in the seat we sit in today, looking to people, a system, a side to help us instead of looking to a God who created us and called us to live in more than we have right now. The truth is another human being's decision will never make you healthy. Another human being cannot bring you health, but it can keep you from getting healthy. Another human being's decision can keep you from getting healthy, but it cannot bring you health. You're responsible for that. In your walk and in your decisions as a follower with God. So then in dealing with fear for your health, what is it that we currently see in our world? What are we currently seeing right now? This is global. I'm not focusing on the U.S. right now because I believe the world, the human race, is who has God's heart. That's what God's heart is all about. That's why he sent Jesus. He sent Jesus for the human race, not for just America. Okay? And so this is a global thing. This is not a political push, by the way. I'm sick of all the stuff on you know, Facebook. I can't, just can't do it anymore. Okay? And so here's what we see in our world. This is truth. I'm going to compare some numbers for perspective not for an agenda or an idea or a side, because those are all a waste of time, by the way. You, you need to be rooted in truth, period. And so these are global numbers concerning the human race. They are from the CDC and John Hopkins University. You can find them anywhere. Just go to you know your friend, your local search engine. By the way, some of what I'm going to share is disturbing. This, this crushed me. I've had to go through this, this part here several times just to keep it together today. And so then I hope that you'll bear with me. And I want you to know what I'm going to share today is up substantially. These numbers have increased dramatically from 2019. And in that, before we ever start, I just want to know who is the cause? What is the cause? What is causing these numbers to skyrocket? So then here's number one. In 2020, these are all 2020 stats. In 2020, communicable diseases other than the virus, this is outside of the virus, COVID-19, and communicable diseases are person to person or animal to person. Okay, that's how they got it. In 2020, communicable diseases killed more than 13 million people worldwide. Killed more than 13 people. With the virus, we saw between 1.2, depending on who you follow, and the CDC has mixed numbers, between 1.2 and 1.8 million people alone died from COVID. Okay? Now, that number you're not getting is ranging from 2019 to present day, not 2020 alone. Okay. And so then in 2020, nearly 8.2 million people worldwide lost their lives to cancer. This is horrific. This number doesn't include heart disease, respiratory disease, stroke, diabetes, or influenza. Those are all in the top 10 leading causes of death in the world. Okay. 
nearly 7.6 million people, nearly 7.6 million people in the world died as a result of drinking or smoking. What drives drug abuse and alcohol abuse? Is it peace? Does peace drive that? What are we doing to help these people? What are we doing to help the 8.2 million who died to cancer? What are we doing to help the 13 million people who died from communicable diseases? What are we doing to help these people? In 2020, traffic fatalities were nearly 1.4 million people around the world. We're unaware, we're unaware of how many of those people passed with a phone in one hand and a wheel in the other. Unaware. It brings new meaning to click it, right? Because sometimes even a seatbelt, when you're being ignorant and making poor decisions, is not going to save your life. What are we doing about that? Depending on what car you have, okay, and where you're at, it doesn't limit. We're only making, making it more, or making you more apt to driving and texting or being glued to TikTok, social media, whatever. In 2020, in 2020, 680,000 people died from HIV. 1.2 are currently infected. HIV is as the highest it has been since the 90s. Nobody's talking about that. What are we doing to help these people? More importantly, what agenda is driving this number to be the highest it's been in nearly 30 years? Now, since 2019, which is nearly a, a three-year span, we have between 1.2 and 1.8 million people who have passed away from the virus. 42.4 million people have had it. They've had it. How did it start? Who's keeping it going? Why are we asking ourselves these questions? Here's, this is brutal. In 2020, suicide became the 10th leading cause for death, which means it skyrocketed. 1.1 million suicides were reported across the globe. 1.4 million people tried. 11.6% people think about suicide. 54% of everybody who walks the face of the earth is affected by it. Half the people you see have been affected by suicide. Suicide is now the second leading cause for death in people ages 10 to 34, people who are in the prime of their life are being wore out by the world and they've had enough. Based on the average lifespan of 78.8 years, more than 950,000 years of life were lost in 2020 to suicide. Why is this stat, along with mental health, climbing at a rate that we cannot comprehend? What has changed? Now, let me get specific to the U.S. In the U.S., we are going to honor and we're going to grieve the 2.45 million people who perished last year. That includes the nearly 350,000 Americans that died from COVID. Those lives are precious. They're precious. Every one of them important. Every one of them matter. God sees and knows every one of their hearts. Please let nothing that I've shared today minimize the enormity of the loss that we've discussed in these numbers today. That's, that's, I'm not, 
I'm not heartless and I'm not cold. I'm trying to help you with your personal health. I think it's very safe to say that as a whole, we're unhealthy and it's more than just a virus. And I just think that we can reflect today and look at these true stats and say, our decisions are, are getting worse. And as a people, it's hard to say that we've peaked, but we're headed downhill and we're headed downhill quickly. What kind of world do we live in when the human race decides in one year to perform 42.6 million abortions? That's the number in 2020. In 2020, there were 42.6 million abortions. Do you know that it would take 23 years, 23 years of a 2020 COVID death rate to equal what we did in one year in abortions? 23 years of what you felt for the last two and a half years is what it would take. By comparison, the total number of deaths worldwide in 2020, excluding abortion, was nearly 59 million people. 59 million people passed. Between 1.2 and 1.8 of them were from a virus. You heard some of the other numbers. Of those 59 um, million, you knew them. They were your friends. They were somebody's friend. We had them on our Facebook. And, and they mattered. And a baby matters just as much as anything else. If abortions were counted as a cause of death rather than a health statistic, the global death toll in 2020 would have been more than 100 million deaths. And what happens with abortion is we make it invisible. We make it invisible because they're not our Facebook friends and we've never seen their face, right? And we can't relate because we don't know them. And it's hard to care about somebody who disappears from your life when you've never met them. And so they become invisible and we never see their face. It makes it easier. But I want to tell you that God knows every one of those children. They all have a face and they all have a name. And so the total, the, what, you want to, what I want to finish with is this. The total number of pregnancies terminated worldwide in 2020 is greater than the total number of deaths that we saw by all other leading causes. So let's talk about your health for just a moment. All of this, all of this, what's happening in the world affects more than just your physical health. It's not about being able to go to sleep because you've had four glasses of wine or you've taken a painkiller or Advil PM or, um, oh, there's another one. It's not about that. It's not about still being able to go to sleep and to wake up. It's more than that. As a human being, you are three parts whole, and we love, we are called to love God with all three parts. We've been over that. Human beings are complicated, though, right? That's what we think. Each of one of us is unique, and we come from various backgrounds and cultures and races and religions, and we all have different personalities. We do. But with respect to how God treated us, we are all inside, inside, the same. Spirit, soul, body. The Bible tells in 1 Thessalonians 5.23 that we were all created with three parts, spirit, soul, and body. It says this, and the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly. The God of peace, peace, the God of peace, 
not the God of war, the God of riot, the God of wrath, the God of peace himself, sanctify you wholly. And may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This verse proves that there must be balance spiritually, emotionally, and physically. There must be balance. But our news feed and our daily decisions put us at risk every single day, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, every single day. So before we move on, what you need to know about your spirit is it is your inmost part. It's your inmost organ. It possesses God consciousness, so you may contact God. John 4, 24 says, God is spirit and his worshipers, his people must worship in spirit and in truth. If you show up to church on Sunday in worship and you do not worship in truth, Romans 1, 9 says, God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit. Goes on and finishes out. I gave you the first part. The human spirit is the deepest part of a person. By means of this innermost part, we can contact God in the spiritual realm. No other creature was created by God with this third part. No other creature. The soul is our very self. Your soul is who you are. It is yourself. Matthew 16, 26. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, wealth, fame, success, but forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Why would a man forfeit himself? Why would a man forfeit himself? So then you understand that your soul is the medium between your spirit and your body. Possessing self-consciousness that we may have our personality. If the stats I shared with you earlier bother you, they're not bothering you physically. They might hit you emotionally, but they're affecting your spirit. And the stuff that nobody wants to talk about that you see, that you saw today, are truth. They're truth. And we're not addressing any of these socially, globally. There are great nonprofits, but there are a lot of things killing a lot more people than what we're focused on right now. And so then when fear and dismay weigh more on you, you have to understand that they weigh more on you spiritually and emotionally than they do physically. Just because you can go to sleep at night doesn't mean that it doesn't affect you. It does. So how do you deal with that? Two things. One, do not fall into the trap of putting your hope and your faith and your trust in human beings. It's a waste of time. It leads to frustration always. Proverbs 29, 25, do not fall into the trap of being a coward. Trust the Lord and you will find yourself in good hands. You will be safe. You will be in good health. Believe your body is a temple. Number two, this is a question from the over. Do you believe your body is a temple? Hopefully through that you understand and believe. First Corinthians 16, uh, 6, 19 through 20. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. For you were bought with a price, the greatest price ever paid. So glorify God in your body. To believe that your body is a temple, you must know what the temple was. And so let's go to the Old Testament. This is 1 Kings 3, 1, if you want to look it up. To the Israelites in the Old Testament, the temple was their sacred meeting place with God. They worshiped there. They made sacrifices there. They presented their requests to God there. And it wasn't actually until Solomon's reign as king that the Israelites had a temple. And that's where you find it, 1 Kings 3.1. Before the Israelites had a temple, you go back to Exodus 25.8. And God commanded Moses 
to have a sanctuary made for him so that he could dwell among them. The next five chapters of Exodus from 25 to 30 are spent in detailing out the tabernacle. If you want to just dig on that, this you are a temple for God. But instead of going there, I just want to tell you that, yes, the temple was beautiful. It was amazing. The tabernacle was everything that was supposed to be. But more importantly, it was holy. It was holy. You are holy. The purpose of the tabernacle was to be a place where heaven met earth so that God could commune with his people unobstructed by sin. Wherever the Israelites, so what I'm saying is, wherever the Israelites went, God wanted to go. They go here, God goes here. Wherever the Israelites went, God wanted to go too. It's significant. It's significant that God makes us his temple because in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, that we've talked, this confirms the amazing truth that Christians who have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit are God's temple. So when Jesus came, he eliminated the need for a temple to be in a single location or to bring it with us. You are now the location. You're now the location. Believers, followers, Christians, whatever you call yourself, you became the temple of God. The house, you are the church. The house for his Holy Spirit because of his blood that made us clean. His blood made you clean. Because, because of Jesus, now we can move forward and be considered pure and holy enough to have God's Spirit live inside of us, which means this, which means this. We have become a meeting place between heaven and earth, which allows others to commune with God. Since we are sacred house, we know this, a holy ground, nothing unclean or defiling should come into us. Anything excluding the truth should be excluded, right? Which means evil, fake, corrupt, half-truths have to leave your heart now. They must go. No Christian, no believer should engage in anything outside of the will of God or outside the will of truth, outside of truth, which includes all sin and everything that would affect the temple, your body. This week, I would love for you to read Psalms 23. Dive into it. Read it. Reread it. Highlight it. Think on it. Set in it. Read it again. Find some commentary. I'd love to know what God reveals to you through Psalms 23 this week. If something peeks out to you and you want to share it, send it to me, dusty at liveredefined.com. I'm going to close with this. There are four ways to avoid your health, to, to avoid fear for your health. Four ways to avoid fear for your health. It is very simple. It takes discipline. It takes consistency. One, avoid temptation. Temptation to what? Open the message that was sent to you in Messenger about who knows what's happening in D.C., Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, your mom's house. Avoid it. Avoid it. Adjust your attitude and your environment. Set your mind, set your eyes on things that are above. Get around and be around people who bring you life and speak in truth. If those people are limited, give me a call. I'm looking for you, okay? Take time to unplug. Number two, this is essentially have a Sabbath. Turn your phone off. Get away from it. Number three, take care of yourself. Eating, exercising, your decisions, your screen time, your sleep. What comes in is going to come out. 
If you fill yourself full of lies and trash and horror music and terrible Netflix, that's all you're going to talk about. Is there truth in any of it? Probably not. Okay. Number four, see yourself as a gift. You're more valuable than the birds of the air. You were fearfully and wonderfully made. See yourself as a gift. And finally this. Today, if you have a heavy heart, I'm with you. Do not be dismayed by the brokenness of our world. Everything breaks. Everything breaks. But God can mend all things. I'm 100% on that. He needs you. He needs me. Because our broken world is waiting in darkness for people to share the truth, for people to walk in light, because you and I are a meeting place between here and heaven for others to experience the love of God. So then, your health is not just about how you care for yourself. It's who you are, spirit, soul, body. Today, get a filter. Use it. Use it. Eliminate negative noise. Keep your eyes up. Stay healthy spiritually, emotionally, and physically. Father God, thank you so much for the opportunity, Lord, to share on what I believe your hope for our health is, that we would set our eyes on you, that we would put our hope in you, that we would put our trust in you, that we would put our faith in you, Lord, that everything we are would be centered around your goodness, your faithfulness to us in our life. Father, I know people walking through hell right now, Lord. You know who they are. I lift those people up. If there's somebody who's listening, watching here right now, Father God, I ask that you would help them to experience your grace and your peace. Help them to sense your presence in their life right now. Help people to set their eyes and fix their focus back on you, Lord. You're looking all over for us. Help those who are bold enough to not be cowards, to stand up for what is right, to stand up for truth, Lord, to take charge and take control of their house and their health so that we can move forward in our faith and we can see a move of God like we've never seen before because of who you've called us to be, Lord. It's our inner, innermost part, Lord. Only we have it as a human race. Help us to walk in it, Lord. Thank you for sending us your spirit so that we could walk in power, Lord, so we don't have to be fearful, so that we don't have to be dismayed, but we can stand firm knowing that you are our God and that you're in control. We love you and we thank you for an amazing day today. Help us to move forward in this. Help us to dig into Psalms 23 this week. Help us to come back next week recharged as we talk more about our health. We love you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that God gave you revelation, that you were enlightened, and that you can see more of what God has for you. Make sure you take this message one step further by following through with our action steps so you can grow deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about who we are or what's happening here at Redefined Church, you can visit us online at churchredefined.com. You can follow us on social media at Redefined Church, or you can subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Vimeo, or Apple. Thanks for allowing me to be part of your life. I'll talk to you soon.